0: Welcome back to another episode of Three Point Play. Today I will be recapping the first round of the NFL Draft. My name is Ayush Fias, and I'm here to talk about how the NFL Draft went down today. It's April 29th, as I'm actually recording this, 12.04 Eastern Standard Time, and we now know how the first round of the NFL Draft went. Uh, For me, this is the only day in the year, actually one of the only days in the year I look forward to, particularly outside of the Super Bowl in terms of the NFL draft and the NFL calendar as a whole. You know, through the fall and through the spring, we know how long how much goes into this one day for NFL scouts, NFL players, and this is the day that will determine the fates of not only these players, but the executives and the general managers and the front office personnel who pick these players, and it will be forever linked and tied um, as their fates will ever be intertwined. And how these teams do, for the next 5, 10, 15 years could be set up based on this one day. So um, suffice it to say that this is a very, very important day in terms of the NFL and their future as a league. Starting things off with pick number one, we see Trayvon Walker coming off the board, um, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, if you want to see what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas, but Vegas really predicted this pick. You know, he had the, the highest odds to go number one overall, and, and we see it that it happened. The Jaguars supposedly got their pass for the future. I see them immediately pairing Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen coming off the edge. It's another dynamic duo in the AFC South. I certainly think that there can be a lot of damage and a lot of wrecking that can be done based on that um, defensive front. Time will tell uh, how the next pick Aiden Hutchinson, into the Lions and Trayvon Walker's careers turn out. I don't know if I can fully say that I have faith in the Jaguars coaching staff in order to, to turn Trayvon Walker into a superstar. He has the potential. We know this is a potential-driven league, so get the guy with the most potential. And I can certainly see why it was a no-brainer, at least for the Jaguars, to pick Trayvon Walker number one overall. A lot to be said without that number one overall pick, but as we know, there's 31 other picks that also came in the first round. Moving right on to Detroit Lions, number two overall, we see Aiden Hutchinson coming off the board. I you don't know What else is there to say? He's big, he's fast, he's strong, he's physical, he's an incredible pass rusher, incredible tenacity coming off the edge, resilient, and I think of a Motown City guy, I think of someone who's, you know, from, you know, who played football in Michigan, um, was a Michigan fan growing up, to go play for his hometown team, supposedly the Detroit Lions. Uh, it's got to be a dream come true not only for him, but for any player who's drafted today. So if I'm Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, I couldn't ask to, to, to wind up in, in a place that's so close to home. couldn't ask for anything better, at least in terms of where he was going to get drafted. We knew he was going to get picked, you know, very, very early on. And they didn't let him slide down a single pick after the Jaguars passed on him. So again, as I said before, Traylon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, um, their their fates will be forever intertwined, going one and two overall. I think the Lions get the get the start that they need. Um, they need to improve that pass rush. They really need to improve all facets of that team. But improving that pass rush was priority number one if you look at whoever was on the board for for the Jaguar or for the Lions. So Lions and Jaguars both get new pass rushers, both get incredible, incredible defensive ends. And the NFC and AFC, you know, divisions that they go into, NFC North, AFC South should just be on watch. Number three, we see Houston Texans pick Derek Stingley Jr. Suffice um, suffice it to say that I didn't see this on anyone's mock draft. Seeing Derek Stingley go number three overall, it was an incredibly, incredibly um, surprising pick. But at the same time, I can see why. You know, GM Nick Casario apparently did his homework on Derek Stingley Jr. And he, as an 18-year-old, was locking down Jamar Chase in practice, was locking down the best receivers in the entire NFL. So I can certainly see why, you know, based on pure potential, the Texans go Derek Stingley Jr. here at number three. Um, and the second corner that, again, I feel like their fates will be ever intertwined is Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, who came off the board as soon as Derek Stingley came off the board, number four. <sighs> what a day for the Jets. Can we just talk about just a just round of applause? applaud for the Jets and, and what they've been able to do. Um, their GM Joe Douglas as a part of the as a part of the Jets, you know, taking them over from what they did. You know, they got a lot of picks from Jamal Adams. So today itself they got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and um Dermaine Johnson. So incredible, incredible haul both ends of the ball, I think the Jets easily, easily come out on top. In my eyes, for whoever won day one of the draft, time will tell, you know, exactly how they develop these players. But if we're looking at pure potential, you know, where the board lines up, it came out and they said that Joe Douglas had these three players in their top eight. So for the draft to fall out like this, it, it could not have been any better for the New York Jets. So as incredibly I am happy for the Jets, I'm also happy for my New York Giants, who end up taking Kayvon Thibodeau at number five. Um, I'm a Giants fan, unspoken, you know, let it be known. So I'm very surprised that um, you know, <laughs> that we didn't mess up this pick. And, you know, there's a new regime in town, so there's, there's hope, there's optimism. But to get Kaywon Thibodeau as, as the face of this new Giants regime, I couldn't think of a better player for us to fall to at five. A year ago, you know, Kaywon Thibodeau was being mocked as the number one overall pick in this draft. So for us to get a guy of his caliber, his talent at pick number five, um, it, just, it just really, the board felt the way it worked, um, really fell down the way it worked for the Giants. So, Kaelan Thibodeau at pick number five. Extremely excited about his potential. We know that um, there's certain things that all prospects can work on, but I guess the Giants feel like they can maximize his potential and his love for football. So, I see Kaelan Thibodeau. I see his mentor, Michael Strahan. And I see them you know, going far with, with Kaelan Thibodeau. Next, we see the Carolina Panthers drafting Ikem Iquanu. So, this was a... Projected place for the first quarterback to come off the board. We know the ties that Carolina had with, and or Matt Rule, who's the head coach, has with Kenny Pickett. um We know that they're in the market for a quarterback. Instead, they opt to go offensive line, offensive line, and, and draft a tackle here. So, can't say enough about this player, enough about this pick. Just an amazing, amazing player. That the Giants had an opportunity of the draft, but they saw Keon Thibodeau, um, and and jumped the gun on him. And the Panthers had Ikem Ikwuano fall into their lap. So. And they chose Akima Kwanu over the next pick, who was Evan Neal. So if you're a Giants fan, you know, rejoice. I'm a Giants fan. I'm saying for all of us Giants fans to collectively rejoice and say that we got our guys. You know, before the draft, I told my brother, give me offensive line or defensive line, or I don't know what to do. I'm not going to be a fan or I'm not going to root for this team. But, you know, today my wish came true. We got, in my eyes, the best offensive lineman in this draft, Evan Neal. And um potentially arguably the consensus number one defensive end in my um in this draft in my eyes, K-1 at the Thibodeau. So pick number seven, Evan Neal, my thoughts, you know, nothing, nothing sh- nothing more than um just such an impressive haul for the Giants. Joe Shane, um, general manager, first time draft, head coach Brian Dayball. We get our guys, we get our pieces in in the trenches, and I think we really set us up for success um going down going down the line. And I think that in the NFC or um, in NFL in general, the best teams have the best offensive and defensive lines. You know, you really win those battles in the trenches, and, and, and it shows. I think that these picks will set us up for the future. These will be the cornerstone foundation picks for our offensive and defensive lines um, for the next, hopefully, 10 years or so. So congrats to the Giants, Giants fans. You know, we got our guys. And moving on to the next pick, Drake London goes off the board. Um, first receiver off the board, which is surprising. In my eyes, at least, because I thought that it'd be some combination of Jameson Williams, Garrett, um, uh, Garrett Wilson, but we see Drake London come off the board for for the Falcons, and I immediately think Atlanta Falcons are just going to be a six four six five team with Marcus Mariota throwing to Drake London, who's like six four, Kyle Pitts, who's like six six. So, I mean, when this team if they get down to the red zone, uh, <laughs> watch out. Unless your cornerback is like six three and can you know guard those jump balls. It's gonna be a scary sight seeing Drake London and Kyle Pitts coming down your down your throat. So apparently the Falcons really value Drake London and his skill set as a receiver. And I think that's why they got him at pick number eight. You know the whole Calvin Ridley situation. For those who don't know, Calvin Ridley was suspended for this upcoming season for illegally placing bets on NFL games during his suspension. Um and unfortunately the Falcons were devoid of one of their best playmakers. So I see why, I can understand the pick, and I think Drake London fits in what they want to do, what they want to do with their system. And going forward, I think Drake London is going to be a phenomenal, fantastic player if the Falcons utilize him and his potential. Number nine, Charles Cross going to the Seattle Seahawks. This was the, tr- the pick that the Seahawks got for the trade with Denver. So Charles Cross, you know, there's not much to say. A clean prospect, very, very well in his in his film, very strong. He um, did a very great performance at the Combine. So in terms of Charles Cross... And and then this top three tackles with Ikema Kwanu, Evan Neal, and Charles Klaus. you really can't go wrong with any of these guys, at least, um, you know, from the outside looking in. You see Charles Cross go off the board, and you got to think, you know, Seattle's excited that they get a cornerstone for the offensive line. You know, a lot of questions with the Seahawks team regarding contracts with DK Metcalf, who their quarterback's going to be. But the more you settle in with whoever your quarterback is, give them an, a stability in terms of offensive line, you're going to get the max the most out of the quarterback. So. Um. Again, a solid pick. Nothing crazy. Uh, I think Seattle Seahawks are going to be or Seattle Seahawks and the fans are going to be excited that you know Charles Cross is going to be there for years to come. So, number ten, New York Jets. We see the second receiver come off the board, Garrett Wilson. Uh, exciting day. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of Wilson to Wilson connections in New York. Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson. Exactly what the doctor ordered for the New York Jets. They get a playmaker. They get a stud um, just an absolute beast and he goes one pick in front of his friend and a former teammate at ohio state chris olave to the saints and this is you know back to back ohio state boys coming off the board brian Hartline, the receivers coach at ohio state it's quoting drake you know we going back to back so chris olave catching football from james winston gonna be teammates with michael thomas i mean this is this is ohio state university this is wide receiver you It's the OSU takeover. So Chris Olave, um, number 11 to the Saints. This was a trade that they did with Washington um, commanders to to trade up and get Chris Olave. So that's their guy. Number 12, Jamison Williams. We see three receivers come off the board and back-to-back-to-back picks. This was a trade that Detroit did with Minnesota. And wow, wow, this player flashes on film. For those of you who don't know, Jamison Williams played at Ohio State before transferring to Alabama. So, if, you, if that's not the evidence that you need that OSU is wide receiver U, I don't know. You can make a debate for LSU, but I would honestly say that LSU is NFL SU. So, they produce all NFL talent. But, Jamison Williams to the, to the Lions at number 12. This is a phenomenal pick. If it works out, we know Jamison Williams is coming off an ACL tear. Um, you know, 30 years ago, ACL tears, 40 years ago, used to be career enders. But nowadays, with, with modern medicine, we can transform that injury into being something that is recoverable. So I have no um, qualms with this pick. I think that the Lions basically go off go off potential, go off scheme ability. You know, adding Jameson Williams just injects this explosiveness into that offense that I think they were really lacking. Um, you know, they added DJ Chark. They have Amandra St. Brown. If those three players play to their protector, I'm telling you, that's a really solid receiving core. Um, you know, maybe top five, top ten in the NFL right now. But, man, if they get the right quarterback, maybe in this draft, maybe tomorrow, maybe in the future, in, in next year's draft, Jameson Williams and Monroe St. Brown and DJ Chark are nothing short to complain about. And you give your quarterback those weapons, there is no excuse. That's a very explosive offense. Number 13. Philadelphia Eagles trade with the Houston Texans to go get Jordan Davis. Man, as a Giants fan, I'm ecstatic about our picks, you know, Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. But looking at this pick, Jordan Davis, to me, is a freak. 6'6", 325, or 3, 345, it's almost 350. An incredibly talented player for his size. I think he's going to be running sideline to sideline. And for a man of that size, it's incredibly scary. And I think, we're we, you know, the NFC East and the, and the NFL is going to have to play this guy. Uh, it's going to be a scary sight. So, man, Howie Roseman. So, we, we, you know, we meme him a lot for missing all these receivers. But, man, what a what a haul right here. And we're going to talk about the A.J. Brown haul that they got later on um, with the trade with the Titans. But, man, you know, what a day for the Eagles and the Jets and for a lot of these NFL teams. So, I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, <laughs> as I hate to say it, but, Got to watch out for the Eagles now. So, And pick number 14, can we please talk about Eric DaCosta? And it's just he doesn't get enough props. You know, I heard this interview that he had with Thomas DeMistroff, who was the ex-Atlanta Falcons GM. This man's waited 11-plus years to get his term to be the general manager of the Ravens. He was told you know, in early 2000s that when Ozzie Newsom, the incumbent GM at the time, when he would retire, they would give job to Eric DaCosta. And it and it happened and, and I just think that he's been phenomenal. They get Kyle Hamilton at pick fourteen. You know, a year ago Kyle Hamilton was like being the number two, you know, overall draft you know, mock drafted player. He had an incredible season. I think he just didn't perform at the standard that people wanted to it at the combine, but you know, that's different. You know, when you put the pads and the helmets on, you know, football is a different game than it is at the combine, running without helmets and shoulder pads. So Kyle Hamilton, pick 14, the Baltimore were absolutely decimated by injury this past year um, in all aspects of the field. And they don't want to be picking top 15 every single year. So the fact that they were able to get a caliber of a top five player at pick 14, uh, I just got to give it up for, for Eric DaCosta and, and their their team in making the selection. So moving on, number 15, the Eagles um, traded this pick to the Houston Texans, and they get Kenyon Green. You know, staying in Texas, staying at, um, he went to Texas A&M. Now we see him going to the Houston Texans. Not much else to say, but what an incredible pick uh, for the Houston Texans. I think Kenyon Green is an incredibly underrated prospect. He had a phenomenal year at Texas A&M, tested really well, and deserves to be in the top five offensive linemen um, in this draft conversation. So Texans get their guy. Nick Casario has to be excited that he gets a piece to protect Davis Mills, at least for the temporary future. Next, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver Penn State, going to the Commanders. So the Commanders traded their pick to the Saints, and the Saints used that on Chris Olave. The Washington Commanders then draft Jahan, Jahan Dotson, who they feel like can be just as good in terms of the receiver capability. So um, if you're a Commanders fan, you like it. You know you love it. You love to see flash receivers come off the field or come off the board and play for these teams. So the only loser in this is the Green Bay Packers. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, a Packers fan, we've seen the memes. You're never going to get him a receiver, but the draft board just didn't fall the way you know, they hoped for it to fall. You lose all these amazing receivers um, who they had first-round grades on and before the Packers can even get their picks. So, you know, for Packers fans, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer until you get that wide receiver help. But for Aaron Rodgers, we'll see how he can do with, with the addition of Sammy Watkins. But these receivers are just so incredibly talented. I feel like they're going to make a play, or at least the Green Bay Packers will make a play for a receiver in round two of this draft. So, Jahan Dotson, pick sixteen. You gotta love it. Pick seventeen, the Los Angeles Chargers select Zion Johnson, offensive line, Boston College. So, just more, more beef, more reinforcement, more protection for Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert is incredibly, incredibly talented quarterback, and now you give him these incredible pieces. Last year they took Rashawn Slater. This year they they take Zion Johnson. I was projecting them to take a wide receiver, because perhaps if Olave or you know, any of these receivers fell to them at 17, none of them did. They had Traylon Burks, who went with the next pick, but they didn't opt to go his way. They took um, Zion Johnson, so more, more protection for Justin Herbert. Watch out for the Charters. It's April. I'm saying it. They're going to make a run. They're just too talented on paper to not. And I think the AFC West, as competitive as it is, um, that doesn't mean that the Chargers can't make a run or the ASC is very competitive, but that's such as football and the Chargers are going to play great football. So next pick, 18. This is where my mind was blown. This is, this is where I just thought like ludicrousness. What are you doing? Maybe I can see it from the business perspective and, and a lot of fans who, of the NFL, a lot of casual fans don't understand it is a business, unfortunately, at the end of the day. A.J. Brown, the lifeblood, the soul. He was the explosion, explosiveness. You know, Derrick Henry was the thunder. A.J. Brown was a lightning. And they were just amazing compliments to each other. But unfortunately, you know, money talks, right? So A.J. Brown needed to get his payment, his payday. I uh, He's now in the $100 million receiver club with the Philadelphia Eagles. So to make it official uh, for you guys, the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown, and they gave up a first-round pick, pick number 18. Um, as well as their third-round pick to get A.J. Brown. So Jalen Hurts now gets a, a bona fide stud, A.J. Brown. I just don't think people appreciate A.J. Brown enough. This man plays hurt. This man produces. He's just an incredible weapon. Um, to see him go, you know, Titans fans. I completely <laughs> understand your pain. But hey, look, now you drafted Traylon Burks as a replacement. But I don't want to pressure Traylon Burks. I don't want to tell him as a kid, you know, he has all the physical tools. He looks like Julio Jones. He really does. He has all the physical tools in the world to produce six three two twenty five. I think he runs out the runs out the runs out the gym with a with a four four forty. So he has the Julio Jones build. We'll see if it happens, but um, the the Tennessee Titans just didn't have the capacity to pay AJ Brown what he was going to get paid. So they make a trade. They get a replacement in Traylon Burks, and I think that's going to turn out good for both parties. Might see this being like a Stephon Diggs Justin Jefferson type situation where the Vikings trade Stephon Diggs to the. Bills, the Bills then um, gave away their first on pick, which is the Vikings used to select Justin Jefferson. So this might be a wide receiver trade that works out for both teams. I just wish the business aspect of the game didn't get so influenced. Because um, it's a sad, sad day to see the AJ Brown leave the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans fans um, really, really uh, feel for that player because he was a fan favorite and he will forever be um, responsible for so many great moments in Tennessee Titans history. Even though he only played a couple of years, so he was drafted in twenty nineteen. So Short amount of time, but he, he had his impact. Next pick, pick number 19. Uh, as everyone knew, it was going to be a tackle. Uh, the Saints knew that they needed a tackle um, to replace Teron Armstead, who was their left tackle. Trevor Penning, he has all the physical tools. I, again, I don't want to pressure him and, and say that he has to be the next Teron Armstead because let Trevor Penning be Trevor Penning and not Teron Armstead. As soon as he put those um, pressure and those expectations of a great all-pro Super Bowl, you know, type player on on this, on this these kind of guys. You know, you hope it doesn't get into their head that they have to perform at the level. So Trevor Penning, incredibly talented. Um, a little bit raw, you know, outside of the top three, top four tackles in this draft, but incredibly raw. He's going to have a great future in the NFL. Again, if they develop him correctly, because he does have the tools. And pick number 20, surprise, surprise. The fourth quarterback gets drafted. Can you pick it? Going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can already hear the jokes. You know, Kenny Pickett got picked, so it's it's gonna be you know it's gonna be one of those things. Maybe we look back and see that this was an amazing pick, and the Pittsburgh Steelers got a guy from the University of Pittsburgh. You know, kept him in house, kept him local, kept him close. He won't have to go far. Um, we'll see how his career turns out. This is the Big Ben Roethlisberger replacement. Um, this is the GM's last draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is who they get in this draft, and this might be the potential replacement for the future. with the quarterbacks, more than any other position, I feel like supporting cast and destination is, is the most important thing. So they'll have a great supporting cast and a great stability in terms of its organization, which is Pittsburgh. Um, I think Penny Kit, or Kenny Pickett might be set up for success. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. So pick number 21, Trent McDuffie, my boy, for those of you who don't know, I actually met Trent McDuffie once outside of USC. So, um, I don't know if he remembers who I am, but I certainly remember meeting him. And, and at the time, I could tell he's just an incredibly gifted athlete. So smooth, so productive, just an incredible corner. He gives you those same Marcus Peters vibes. He, Trent McDuffie went to Washington. Marcus Peters went to Washington. Both played corner. Both got drafted by the Chiefs. I, I don't know if you guys can see the similarities here, but these two players, um, or at least just Trent McDuffie, his potential it just jumps out the board. He's a top fifteen talent in the NFL draft, and the Chiefs ended have pick twenty one, even though they had to trade up with New England to get this pick. We knew that the Chiefs had the arsenal and the ammunition to go trade up, but I just think another phenomenal job by by Brett Beach, the Chiefs GM. Um, for those of you who don't know, Brett Beach was actually the one who advocated for the Patrick Mahomes trade, so or to pick ten to get Patrick Mahomes. So I feel like um, this actually just just comes up and it just makes it like he's just an incredible player. And they, they get a good value with him, so. Pick 22, Green Bay Packers select Quay Walker, linebacker George. If you're a Packers fan, I hear you. I feel you. I understand your pain. Just the draft, just the board didn't line up. And I agree with the philosophy that Brian Gutekunst has, is you don't reach, um, you know, Christian Watson, maybe Sky Moore at this pick, but you'll find those guys in, in later rounds, and if need be, you can trade one among those guys. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't have Quay Walker in my mock going first, but he's an amazing player in his own right. All these Georgia defensive um, Georgia Bulldogs are amazing. So he goes from the red G to the, to the green G in in Green Bay. So Quay Walker is gonna know what that G is all about. So Packers fans, stay patient. As long you know, as long as you guys have Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance. So just believe. Pick twenty three, Kyer Elam from Florida. My thoughts. Um, again. Incredible, just an incredible overhaul um, with with the Bills. And, and we already know how stable that organization is with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, a head coach and general manager, respectively. Those those two guys will always come up and, and make sure that they have a solid draft. So, Buffalo Bills so select Kyler Elam. Number 24, Tyler Smith, my, my quick two cents on that player. So, incredible player. They're going to go young. I had him as a first-round pick. He's going to be one of those star players that you look back and say that, um, this is the draft where it all started. I think he has that kind of potential. really reminds me of Tyrone, Tyrone Smith. He has the same last name and the same first name, or the same starting letter of his first name. So I think that T. Smith left tackle uh, would probably say the same in Dallas, and it's going to be like that for the past 10 years and the next 10 years going forward. So, Next we see Baltimore Ravens select Tyler Linderbaum with pick number 25. Again, the Ravens just phenomenal um, in terms of their drafting ability their ability to take everything besides a wide receiver. They get Tyler Lindenbaum. They get um, a, a stud, a center. Basically, people say he can't play tackle because of his short arms. I think he, he can play in my guard. I don't see a problem with center and guard um, getting exchanged. Tyler Lindenbaum, what else can you say? He's an Iowa lineman. He's a Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz um, you know, taught him. Basically, all he you knows is Kirk Ferentz the head coach of Iowa. He's a Kirk Ferentz disciple. Tyler Lindenbaum will have a great career in the NFL. Next pick number twenty-six, Jermaine Johnson the second to the New York Jets. How tell me how did the Jets end up coming in the way with Garrett Wilson, Sauce garner and Jermaine Johnson. It's just incredible what Joe Douglas has done. I feel like I don't know how much I should I don't know if we can evaluate Robert Sala as a head coach. Maybe it's too early, but in terms of drafting, J Marine Johnson. I picked 26. Wow. I love this kid. Incredible motor. Love the ACC in sacks. Great defensive end. He's going to come off and rock you. He has that potential. Um, and if you're a Jets fan, rejoice. Pick number 27, Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. Tampa Bay trades back. Jackson will go gets their guy. So Devin Lloyd, incredible production out of Utah. He was you know, my top linebacker in this draft. So, I don't think linebackers are getting taken just like running backs in the top five anymore in this draft based on their, you know, re, you know replaceability, durability, stuff like that. So I think Devin Lloyd falling to pick twenty seven as the number one linebacker in the draft. It's got to be exciting for Jacksonville Jaguars. So you get the linebacker of your future and the defensive lineman of your future, you know, give Trevor Lawrence a chance to, to go score without having an incredible deficit to overcome. Uh, I think that team is going to be set up for success. Number 28, Devonta Wyatt into your defensive lineman, Georgia. Just, they just bulldog, just keep coming off the board. You know, Kirby Smart, incredible program, um, incredible talent on that team, obviously. And you just see it. their are guys produce in the NFL. So, we may take Delonte Wyatt, Georgia. I think they're going to have a good career with him. Next pick number 29, Cole Strange. Of course. Of course the Patriots go Cole Strange. You know, no one had this guy. Or at least I didn't have him in my first round. But yes, pick number 29. I don't understand the philosophy, but for some reason the New England Patriots just, just they know what they're doing. They get their players and they have so much mystery around them and their team, but they just keep winning. So Cole Strange probably ended up being all-pro Hall of Famer um, just because he went to New England Patriots. So pick number thirty, George Karloftis, Purdue, a uh, great player. Potential is off the charts. If he turns it on, he turns it on. If the and if Steve Spagnolo, you know, defensive coordinator, the Chiefs, knows how to get us most out of um, George Karloff, he's gonna have a great career. Daxton Hill, pick number thirty-one, Cincinnati Bengals. I think he can play some 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 nickel corner, but he, I think he's gonna be playing more of a deep safety in the NFL. Uh, I think he will be a great great addition to that defense. And last but not least, rounding out, pick number thirty-two, Lewis Klein, safety. You guessed it, University of Georgia. Um, not much to say here with this pick. A stud. Uh, put him with Harrison Smith, and you're gonna have a great defensive duo for the next couple years. So. Until at least they're gonna have to find a replacement for Harrison Smith when he when he hangs it up. So, all in all, great first draft or great first round of this draft. I think there's still a lot of potential, you know, on the board. We didn't see Malik Willis get picked, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, a lot of good players who still haven't gotten picked. So, I think that you know you tune into every every draft every year, but you see Malik Willis still on the board. Someone's gonna get him. Someone's gonna get a player who's super raw. I thought he'd get picked. You know, pick thirty, pick thirty two because of his potential. So maybe they don't um, get him, but someone's going to take an incredibly talented player. Nicobe Dean's still on the board. Um, Arnold Abikite from Penn State. Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, Roger McCrary, um, Bernard Ryman, as I mentioned, uh, Trey McBride. These players have incredible potential. These will be like the early second round picks, but have kind of first round value on them. So someone are gonna get these players and trade up to get their guys. So you know the, the, the couple top 15 to even 30 picks of the second round are incredibly important. It doesn't end with round one. Of course you all know, the top five, top ten kind of headline the draft, but every year you're gonna find those gems um in the later round. So it's an incredible, incredible um pleasure to kind of track the process of the draft. Uh, from its you know early conceptions at the end of the Super Bowl, you know kind of look towards the draft as being the next marker in the NFL offseason. You look at these players and, and you just really think that these are going to be the guys who are going to be the leaders, the forefront and the captains of your team moving forward uh, for, for the next coming years. So uh, it's an incredibly fun, incredibly um, you know, fun time to be an NFL fan. And with this draft, as I said, you know, last well, in our last podcast episode, we just didn't know if there was so much uncertainty, but now we do, uh, some picks, we'll see if they boom or bust. We'll see what these grades are. And later on, I will give each team a grade in terms of their drafting after the draft. But for now, let it be known that the first round was full of a lot of success and a lot of players. So I wish you well. I appreciate you for watching the podcast or for listening to the podcast. I hope you turn tune into the next one. Uh, thank you so much. And this has been Ayush Fias with 3 Point Play.